Welcome one and all to the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 66. Today we're going to be talking about Gene Wilder. We're going to remember mm-hmm. him today on uh, this special podcast. Uh, but before we get into the main portion of the podcast, uh, we love to talk about things that happen in our world. Uh, and uh, don't forget, all the stuff we talk about can be heard on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. Let's get into the nerd news, the stuff inside of our world. So, yeah, the first thing um, that I want to bring up this week is we got a, I don't know if it's like a leaked test footage or official footage or what, but Ben Affleck on his official Twitter leaked Deathstroke. As I think villain. leaked's a strong word, honestly. Hey, I mean, like, like, I don't even know what else to call it. It's not a reveal. I, yeah, I would say, it, I would say it, post. Because it, it, it looks like a leak. It looks like an official leak. As if he was like, you know what? I should... Let me record... Remember, I think he was recording it because it looked cool. And then he was like, hey, what if I just like put this out? I mean, work for Ryan Reynolds, you know, to get some buzz <laughs> going on. Yeah. He, you know? he was probably thinking like he recorded it. And he's like, oh, this is cool. You know what? I'm Ben Affleck. I'm Batman. I can post this and get away with it and not get in trouble. I mean... It, it looks cool, though. It, it's possible, yeah. And um, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty, pretty legit, right? It's, it's more of the armored look. Um, yeah. I'm not like a super fan of that cause it's new 52 inspired and I just like the traditional, like he's wearing the chain mail. He just has the standard mask. Like mm-hmm. he's a, he's just a dude who's like crazy and has 90% of his brain function. So that's how I always viewed him. He does have some enhanced strength and stuff like that, but like, I don't know. I just don't like the armor. He just looks like a Casey Jones, like a bad Casey Jones cosplayer to me. Re- Why do you think so? Yeah, I don't like. I don't, I don't like know, that. Man. It's too Casey Jones ish. It's too hockey, old hockey mask y. But I like, have to say though, like going with Deadshot as a new villain, if he is, I mean, obviously a new villain, like a new Deathstroke. Thank you for like the new villain in um the new Batman movie. It's kind of like I don't want to say ballsy, but interesting because you would expect them to go with. The Joker again, they continue right, that whole right. thing, or like another like classic Batman villain that people think of classic and think of mainstream Batman, like Penguin or someone else. You know, like not many people know of Deathstroke. You well, know, unless you're, becoming, unless you're a huge fan of like Bat of Batman. Well, he's not even really a traditional Batman villain to begin with. His, right. His yeah. debut was Teen Titans. He right terrorized them for quite some time before. It was only really within, I would say, the past decade or two where Deathstroke really started facing off against Batman more often yeah. than not. Like, you remember, like, the the old Teen Titans cartoon. They didn't call him Deathstroke, oh, but yeah. it was Slade. Slade. Slade Wilson. Oh, yeah. Name. They, they deemed Deathstroke too violent for kids. So they just called him Slade, and that was voiced by Ron Perlman. Um, and now we're seeing him show up in Arkham Origins. He's showing up in the comics because he is very close to Batman's skill set. So it's like, you know, can another Batman take down Batman? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, it's cool. It's interesting. I just like you, Dave, I applaud their efforts for not going with the Joker or the Riddler or like, you know, yeah. another oh that have been used. Because if you think about it, if they went with the Joker, like would would it be Leto or would they not? No, you know? it's still going to be Leto. They would void the whole Suicide Squad dumpster fire. It'd be Leto. They have to look. They have to look at Suicide Squad as a dumpster fire. Like I don't. I don't see how they couldn't. I, I don't know. Would it be Leto? It, it definitely. I think would it, be Leto. it'd be Leto. Yeah. At this yeah. point, he's already the new established Joker in the D, in the DC universe in the movie universe. So 
Well, they could It'd be Leto. They could always well, go with the three Joker theory too. So there could be other ones running around. We don't know. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if if Leto is established or not because in the interview with the BBC after the movie and all that stuff, he was just like, if they ask me to be it again, I'll do it. If not, I'll just like go in a cave somewhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like, that I, I doesn't think, sound like established at all. I think they went through a lot of effort that it's too late because this is the Joker that's responsible for Harley. Like yeah. We saw yeah. that in there. So I still want to see them try to redeem themselves by going with the, this is a more violent Batman scenario. So the Joker is just crazier and he's not actually funny because he knows he can't fuck with Batman because Batman will punch his teeth out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, really important thing before we move on with Deathstroke, it's been highly theorized that it's Joe Manganello behind the mask. I don't know why people are saying that. They show his eye, but you can't really tell from a fucking eyeball. Um, <laughs> but it's like a similar build, stuff like that. And I think that if you look at uh, Manu Bennett, who played Deathstroke in Arrow, Joe Manganello looks just just like him they have a very similar build so maybe that's where people are getting it from stuff like that uh and to your point to you dave deathstroke's becoming more and more of a common name especially after arrow because he was the villain for right a couple yeah seasons on arrow and there are a lot of people was he? oh yeah yeah and he was actually not a bad deathstroke he was younger than you would think and he was uh, i don't know like he was australian like so i wasn't expecting that like, I always expect this, like, Ron Perlman type to do the voice. <laughs> was and Deathstroke in Injustice? I don't yes, remember. Yes, he is in Injustice. Yeah, he was. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was Injustice. Where yeah. he does have a much okay. more armored look, too. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the way they're going with this. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see if it's any good. We'll see what sticks, what doesn't stick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited that it's just not going to be the Joker. Yeah, yeah me too. Or, or, or like some weird new version of like the, the Penguin or Riddler. I mean, <laughs> like, like who knows what they're going to do anymore? Because, I mean, look what they did with the Joker. I mean, how are, how are these other guys going to look? I mean, are they all going to be from the Hot Topic collection? I don't know. Probably. God, I hope not. Like every every Batman villain now is like, just like a Hot Topic like trend. The only one that I can see getting away with that is the Riddler. But not like all tattooed up and stuff like that. Just like grunge clothes. Yeah, I can see like, that. Like, like, yeah. Ark- like Arkham Knight style. Although, I mean, they could, depending on how they do it, I could see like Penguin being like super mafia style because that's kind of what he is anyway. Well, yeah, that's you know, what like just, be, yeah. yeah. But like, how how they're going to fuck that up, you know? Sure. They'll find a way. <laughs> they will find a way. <laughs> and uh, so, so speaking of finding ways, uh, there's uh, a new droid in Star Wars universe yes, uh, sir. In, in, in star wars rogue one coming out this year i can't believe we're getting we're getting a, a major star wars movie not one of the episodes but rogue one uh yeah. star wars Star. people are still confused about that they're like oh okay uh so what is this like i've heard people like like talking while i was uh i was on the train the other day and they were like oh yeah it looks cool but is it after this one like where where's it where does it take place and i was just like wow ordinary people dun <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, anyway, so it's so the Star Wars and Rogue One story. Uh, just just unveiled uh, a new droid. His name is C2B5, and he kind of resembles R2D2. He is uh, an, an astromech, an astro droid, but 
Uh, we don't know his role yet, but I do love that there is an official like R two D two looking Imperial droid. There have been many that are that you know at conventions you see that are fan made, and you see a lot of fan fiction. So to some people, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But like, this is like the official official version of this thing, and it looks pretty cool. Like, hopefully, um, he will. Hopefully, he'll develop his own personality. But maybe it's actually R two. Who knows? He's in disguise. I doubt and this it, is his R2. name. I doubt it. I mean, just like uh, you know, in the Star Wars Rogue One trailer, we see our main hero is in an Imperial outfit, but she might be undercover. Maybe this is R two undercover and just calling him maybe, a different name. Maybe it's not R two undercover. Maybe it's just like an astromech droid. They like commandeer. They get the plans. Maybe that's like the only thing that it could be because. We just know it's going to be a droid. We don't know exactly what the droid's going to do. We don't even know if the droid's going to have like a major part to play. Case in point, Captain Phasma. You know, yeah, yeah. Look at all the thing that was behind Captain Phasma. How cool she looked, and she was in there for like a majority of like three minutes at the most. It's yeah, time. yeah. You know? Maybe Captain Phasma is the main character from Rogue One. Imagine, imagine she's so deep undercover, she forgets her own identity. <laughs> And she somehow grows like a foot taller, and yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, and that, and yeah, maybe that is R two in disguise, and he went so deep undercover he forgot his own identity, and then shut down. I mean, we see Felicity Jones in an Imperial outfit. Who knows? Maybe the R two here in the column C two beat. Maybe, and then maybe yeah. the Alan Tudyk robot is really C three PO in disguise, and he goes so deep <laughs> undercover that he forgets his own identity. We have to go deeper, deeper undercover. <laughs> and his idea. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was revealed on. Uh, there, there's interesting enough, there's a thing called the Star Wars show. So every Wednesday on Star Wars' Facebook, which is interesting, mm-hmm. they, uh, they they have a show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's weird. Like Facebook, there's a lot of, like, a lot of different companies are like using Facebook to broadcast, like, like Blizzard. They uh, they want you to broadcast through them. So if you open up your 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 Blizzard browser, your uh, the battle.net, you're able to stream directly from. It's weird, and nobody wants that. It's like there's Twitch, <laughs> there's Twitch for a reason. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, so there's the Star Wars show, um, and and they unveiled it, and there wasn't much information under the fact that they said uh, you know astromechs aren't really allowed to have their own personality, and they're subjected to a lot of memory wipes. It's like, huh? Why would they mm. include that tidbit? It, is this is this droid like gonna be like like a funky little thing? Because you know, like maybe R R two D two is not around for the story, but they wanted something similar. So they right. developed this guy. Maybe uh, you know, a lot of droids do have their own. They do they do actually do have their own personality, and maybe this sure. one does. And then maybe later on it gets white. But I was like, oh, why why would they point that out? That's it's kind of odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. But but it's cool to see this imperial like R two D two air quotes because it's not really him. Um, I I think it looks pretty badass. And like like I would like that. <laughs> I want that thing. Give it. Yeah, he does look cool. I got him in. It would be kind of see like an army of them just like going like down the street, just like all like one little succession, just like you know. Mm-hmm. But speaking of army, um, so the Battlefield One beta was released this weekend. The closed beta that Serge and I definitely had a lot of fun playing. Um, and the open beta is open now, so definitely give it a download, give it a try. Um. So basically, if, just in case you don't know, Battlefield 1 takes place in World War 1. Okay? So we do a lot of trench warfare, a lot of horseback riding, and I got killed by a horse and it's not cool. And you can use a horse as a vehicle. Um, the pace is a lot, a bit slower, I think, from other Battlefield games when it comes like you're firing a rifle. And it's a bit harder in a way. Whereas in newer Battlefield games, or even just newer first-person shooters, you have like 
you know, a scope zooms in holographic scope, and this is just iron sights, and that's all you get. Yeah, um, and uh, it's getting a lot of back and forth. I know a lot of you friend, a lot of friends who don't like it whatsoever because they think it's too slow and too like stupid looking. I happen to like it. Really? Uh, yeah. What? I, there was some pushback, huh? A couple friends. Yeah, one of my friends in general. He said he does not like it. He tried the bait. He tried the open beta and just stopped playing. Is he a Call of Duty player? I think so. <laughs> ah, because Call of Duty players are like, I'm a guy who to hop in the game and put a cheetah print on my gun and run around and blah. Like, Call of Duty players are just like, bup, bup, going to hop on the short bus and just going to, bup, bup, bup. oh, I could put a cheetah print on the dick on my gun. There we go. And we're playing Call of Duty now. I'm going to sit here for half an hour and make some sports. <laughs> bup, I killed someone. Bob killed someone. I'm a Call of Duty player. I'm going to run over here. I'm going to knife this guy. Whoop, kill five, six, thousand, thousand. I'm an amazing <laughs> gamer. Yay. Oh, God. Call yes. of Duty. People. Let your hate stop, flow stop, through you. Stop search. buying that game. There's, there's another one coming out. It's going to be the same thing, copy paste, just put new character models. All right. Does, did anyone not learn from Dynasty Warriors? There's Dynasty Warriors up to what, like seven, eight? Same exact game, new character models. Let's stop. You know? So, yeah, so I like it. Um, when playing it, I did feel like I was playing Battlefront. Because, excuse me, obviously it's like dice and the same guys, but I like it. I like the fact that. Um, one case in point, another one only in battlefield types of stories. I'm running with a squad. Four of them are in front of me. I'm right behind them because I have no idea what I'm doing still. A bomber comes by, drops a bomb on them. The screen in front of me explodes. There's a huge crater and all my guys are dead. You know, like stuff like that. Like, oh, there's a crater. I should hide in the crater now before I start getting gunfire. Like little stuff like that. So I like it. I mean, I do feel bad riding a horse and having a horse die, but... Other than that, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's pretty crazy. And the iron sights in the game, because again, this is in World War One. So, but the guns feel powerful. Yeah, they, they sound angry. And they were powerful. I mean, like Dave, you actually you shot one of those rifles. Yeah, like um um, I shot. I keep on forgetting the name of it, but it's the main rifle you use as like the medic. You can put like the um, what's it called, like the um, bayonet on. It's a powerful son of a bitch. I mean, like, that thing has kickback. If you're not expecting it, it can really, like, hurt your shoulder, like, when you fire it. And I just forget the name of the damn rifle. Um, but, yeah, like, most of those guns that they use in World War One were very, very... Most of the weapons they used in World War One were very angry, you know? It was, like, the first, like, other than, like, Greek fire, it was the first um, introduction to a flamethrower in combat, you know? So just imagine being a trench, you look, and a wall of flames is coming towards you, and you got nowhere to go. If you go up, you die. If you keep on running, you will <laughs> die eventually, you know? And then mustard gas. You always have to put your gas mask on because Dude, I, I love that. I love that mechanic. Like, DICE knows how to pay attention to detail yeah. in games. I mean, say what you want about, like, games like Battlefront and stuff. Like, the game the game itself, the looks, the details were great. It's just everything yeah. else was a problem. But especially this game, too. Like, like if there's mustard gas on the field, like, if you run through it, you will get hurt. But you can put on a gas mask and be fine. Like, that's amazing. As Absolutely stupid amazing. as it sounds, I was actually shocked that I got hurt by barbed wire. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. Like any other game, where there's barbed wire. It's just an obstacle. You just move around it, you know? Or you this, hop over it or something. Yeah, this, it actually hurt my character. I was shocked. Like super shocked, you know? Like it and has it's so all, funny like, with uh, with each new person that that uh, that we play with or I play with, they're like, "Oh wow, barbed wire hurts you!" Like I've heard everyone say it. It's good. Yeah. The attention to detail at dice is incredible, you know. And all the all the weapons sound real. All the planes are. Oh god, I was just playing some planes last night, dude. It was sick. I felt like the Red Baron or something. <laughs> nasty, but uh, yeah, the, the, so far the game's fun, and, and yeah, like there are some people. It, it's a big adjustment, uh, like going from modern 
playing games like the last color that came out was a modern game it was like in the future but the future took weapons and stuff like that and now we're going back to battlefield one and and it it does it does take a bit more skill to uh you know to to get to kill people and the other players on on the battlefield (laughs) haha one um but uh yeah so so far i like it uh once you get used to it it's it's pretty cool the detail is is awesome and yeah just there's all these stories of only in battlefield can certain things happen and i love that they made that like a marketing thing like only yeah. in the battlefield and they have like players tell the stories yeah me and my bros were eating like doritos drinking about doom we were just like doing stuff man and then all of a sudden the thing blew up and buy it today <laughs> i was like what they're making it to a marketing thing but like it really does happen things happen in that game that don't happen in like another like fps's like dave like <laughs> when you're playing like there's a guy that went into like a shack and you oh, threw fuck that guy you threw fuck a frag grenade guy. into the shack and for some reason the shack blew up into splinters the guy was perfectly fine like a cartoon that shot and killed you yeah and i was just like what <laughs> and it was it was a cartoon because like we throw i threw the grenade and it just explodes you're like yes the whole shack just like that gets, gets destroyed all this smoke i'm like sweet all of a sudden boom i drop smoke clears and the guy goes running away it's like what the shit nice what game, the dice. shit Nice, nice game. You can throw a grenade into a shack. The shack splinters up, and the guy's still alive, and he kills you. Good job. That was so <laughs> weird. It was like it was like a cartoon. Like all the pieces put together, and he's just like sitting there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh my god! But it's a, I'm definitely like, you know, like I try to like wait to buy games, like especially like No Man's Sky. I mean, I will buy it, but probably when it's like a free like a free PSN download. Um, but Battlefield One, I'm definitely gonna get as soon as it comes out. I'm really gonna like pick it up, you know. Like I just, I just the only thing I regret from not doing during the open beta is the bayonet charge. Uh, I did not yeah, get a chance dude. to do a bayonet charge, and I, I regret not doing that. I mean, it's still going on. I think it finishes uh, this weekend. Yeah, because uh, the open so, beta still up, so I'll give it a shot yeah, tonight, maybe. But yeah, still. but like uh, another good thing uh, that got picked up, which I didn't think was ever gonna be picked up, revived uh, the tick. Yeah. 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 So, um, so surprised. Yeah. So I saw this on, um, Twitch this morning. Actually, I was just busting around before work. And, um, we all know that the tick did have a pilot out or a test pilot going out. But there's also mm-hmm. another show called Jean Claude Van Johnson, which mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of. And it's actually really interesting. It's along the veins of, um, that movie, Polly Shore is Dead. Where it's like, they, you know, they, they have these genres of, yeah, that was a great one. Uh, that one's had Fred Durst in it, too, of Limp Bizkit. <laughs> um, but it, it's part of this, like, genre of movies where <laughs> the it makes fun of the actor. So Jean-Claude Van Damme plays himself, and he's older, uh, and he's retired, and he's trying to figure it out. But he's got, like, a very comedic look to it. So the way this pilot starts out, and I think I only watched, like, 10 or 15 minutes of it. Um, he is getting charged by what looks like a prison guard with a baton. And he goes, Normal, you know, this was uh, this will not be a problem for me as I am the master of the splits. And he goes to split, <laughs> but he can't do it anymore because he's so old. <laughs> so he just gets like bombarded in the face with the baton. And he's just like, What happened to me? So then he like he like wakes up in bed and it's like a flashback, obviously, because this prison scene took place a little bit in the future and there's this like beautiful like naked blonde woman and like you know it's a pilot so we don't really see we don't see anything but she goes so i went in your shower and now i'm all like sticky the water is sticky why is that and he goes it's coconut water and she's like what he goes the house is piped with coconut water 
So like he just washes his hands with coconut water. He just showers in coconut water. Like it's a stupid Why is so ridiculous. Thing. And he just like goes out to like get his newspaper and he gets a segue to go five feet. And he has like, one of those little like claw things to like pick up the paper yeah. with. That's and, it, awesome. and it's just about how like washed up he is and like how he can't figure out how it happened. And um, there's like a love interest thing that kind of shows up that like she like taught him how to shoot a gun and they have this thing and she left him for some reason. And that's as far as I got. But it was definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. That like won it for me. Like the tick is the tick. Right. Like, yeah, there's nothing too exciting about that. The costumes look terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I was looking at that. I mean, and you you look at the uh, the one that that ran uh, back in the day, and the costume there is better, or maybe we're used to it. But the one here, I I don't know if they try to go for too much realism or something, but it looks like some weird like cosplay. So they they kind of imply, at least this is my interpretation of it, that Arthur, who is the main character in this, Tick is not the main character in Tick. It's Arthur, as we all know, is a sidekick, the moth that people keep on mistaking for a bunny. Um. (laughs) <laughs> they imply that he might be crazy and that he's imagining the tick. Really? They have this oh. it has this weird like and they don't explicitly like say any of this, but like I was watching it and then I went into the like so I was watching it off the Twitch page and I was like, oh wait, I can just go into the chat and see what people are thinking about. So I went into the chat and people were like, Is Arthur crazy? Is like, is that the angle they're playing at right now? And I was like, imagine how interesting that would be. Cause I, not only did I think of that, but they were like thousands of people watching it and a lot of them were just like is he crazy or is like this the tick actually exists so imagine if like the tick is just like a tyler durden to Arthur. wow that'd be cool that would be kind of cool because he's crazy that. yeah <laughs> like he even says that at one point where arthur is like and i watched it towards the end of the episode but he goes like he's like who are you like why are you here and the tick's like i'm who you want to be i'm everything you like you know and he really hams it up Oh, so it's kind of like they so kind of really like insinuate. I mean, kind of putting it out there. Right, like, right. Maybe he is. But know? also or the maybe, tick is crazy. Or maybe that's just how he is. Yeah. You know, so you don't <laughs> exactly. you don't really know yet. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, that seemed interesting. Special effects were okay. They, they don't show a lot. They use sound effects to like mm-hmm. show the tick jumping from building to building. So we ne- yeah. I never <laughs> I never saw him jump from building to building. But it's a lot of like cut to Arthur. And then you just hear crash, bang, boom. And like. Cat screeching and stuff like that. <laughs> now, 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 for those who, who don't know, like, what is the tick about? So the tick is, I never really read the comics too much, but when I remember, and from the cartoon as well, the tick is is just like almost like a Ren and Stimpy style superhero is what I would say. He is nigh invulnerable, so he's kind of invulnerable, but he does have his weaknesses. Um, mm-hmm. He's been institutionalized quite a few times. He is his super strength. Think of like your Adam West Batman mentality as well. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, and Arthur is his like nerdy little sidekick essentially. So it was cool. Um, I can't tell if the costumes are supposed to be bad on purpose or what. Um, But what's interesting to note is the tick is actually played by someone from Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's the. the Nova Corps officer, the British guy, that's like annoyed all the time. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. Yeah, so that's him. Or at least it looks a lot like him. And I think I read somewhere that I can't that believe it taking orders from a hamster. So that it's really cool. It's cool. Nice. Um, yeah, but I think we have one more thing to, to talk about for nerd news, right? 
So we got a trailer for Stranger Things season two. Reading cue cards here, and um, it's pretty interesting. It's a teaser trailer, so we never really got to see like we don't see any real footage or anything like that. It was rumored that a season two was going to be happening. What? Right after season, everyone finished watching season one. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's happening, dude!" As before, it was it was everyone even finished it. They were like, "Oh, greenlight season two, let's go!" Yeah, yeah. And then like it wasn't official, but like it might as well have been. Like the the notoriety and how awesome this gets, and everyone's talking about this this show. So it's official. We have a season two. There's been a trailer, and it's what a minute. It's not very long. It's a teaser, fifty seconds at the most. Yeah, and. It looks like it's just words that show up. So it looks like they revealed the episode list to me. I didn't count how many there were. Interesting. I'm assuming there were eight. But if those are the title of the episodes, I will be okay with that. So it's really cool. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's literally the theme song with the font. And I don't think I have to say Mm -hmm. anything more because that's just like the coolest fucking thing ever. What um, I like is that it definitely says it's going to be a year later. That's what yeah. we really know most about the story. Because it says, like, some, was it summer of 84 or fall of 84, they said at the end of the trailer? I don't remember. But they say, like, 1984 in it. Mm-hmm. So we know, like, it's not going to be, like, a day after what the events of, like, season right. one. It takes place a year after. Right. And that, um, that aligns with what the directors had said was going to happen. Because these kids have already gone through puberty. So they can't right. have it. And actually, um, what's his name? Dustin, I think is the toothless kid's name. Um, mm-hmm. He already went through, uh, or like his voice dropped considerably towards the end of filming. So they had to touch that up digitally. Really? Yeah. So Whoa. that's why they're skipping the year. So we're going to have like one of that, um, the Young Justice season two, where it just like skips ahead a couple years. Uh, we're going to have that kind of thing happen where I think we have to piece together exactly what it's happened. Not, it's not going to be like The Walking Dead where story-wise only like two years have passed and really it's been on for like six fucking years right and, and fucking, carl somehow just like like judith has stayed the same age somehow and carl's gotten older it's not going to be like any of that crap right carl can now drink even though he's still supposed to be like 11 <laughs> <laughs> shit like that coral i remember yesterday we're just seven years old <laughs> coral. but coral. yeah if you guys have listened uh we do have a stranger things podcast hey. doing on itunes yeah yeah but up, up. All right, guys, all the nerd news we have now. Let's switch over to the main part of the podcast. Welcome, guys, to the Back of the Funky main portion of the podcast, issue number 66, talking about Gene Wilder. Remembering Gene Wilder, everyone. Now, Gene Wilder, for those who don't know, and if you don't know, that's really weird. <laughs> and, and why are you listening to this podcast? Anyway, uh, Gene Wilder is uh, is a big name in show business, and he wasn't just someone who who just, uh, you know, started acting and, and you know, like made a couple things and just people were like, oh, that's neat. You know, that's pretty cool. No, he made some really big hits. He influenced a lot of people in show business. A lot of celebrities love him. Everyone that's met him that says he's a really cool guy. Um, he, he did stop acting for a while, but he's always remained a, an icon and a legend. And for everyone uh, listening uh, and who remembers Gene Wilder, there's always a movie, there's always something that stuck out to you. 
Um, and on and to talk about that today on today's podcast, we have uh, Booster Greg. What up? Got David the Bearded Menace. I can't cast that here. And I'm Sergio. So you guys, Gene Wilder, man. Like to mm-hmm. to me, Gene Wilder was Willy Wonka. He's he's been in a lot of roles. He's been in a lot of things. But that was that was my first ever uh, experience of Gene Wilder, <laughs> like the the guy, the legend that he was. And it was such. A, a mystical movie. I had no idea what to make of it when I was younger, and and funny enough, he had he had a much bigger hand in these movies and, and mm-hmm. TV shows and everything like that. Then I realized I was watching an interview uh, with him, something like in, inside the actor's uh, uh, stage and stuff like that. And he was saying uh, when he was first pitched the movie, he thought it was cool, he thought it was nice, but he was like, "We have to do one thing though." And he came up with the routine at the beginning of the movie where Wonka comes out of the factory with the cane and then he falls over and then somersaults and gets back up. And, uh, uh, you know, Mel Brooks was like, why, why do you why, why do you want to do that? Like, why, why, why is that a thing? Uh, and Gene Wilder said, because from that moment on, people don't know if I'm lying or telling the truth. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And uh, they 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 seen uh, they did a couple scenes they showed they did that and stuff like that and they pitched it and they, they showed it to uh, big wigs and they said they loved it and because of that they made Willy Wonka and uh, you know and and Gene Gene Wilder asked well what happened if we did what what happens if we didn't have that scene in there was that scene a part of it and, and um, the Mel was like yeah that's that's why they want to make the rest of the movie that's why they want to give us funding because they love that scene and they thought it was really dynamic and something that was really uh, you know like. Like they wanted to see more, and uh, I don't know. I, I, th- I thought I thought Willy Wonka was just like a huge, huge hit movie with me. Yeah, that's um, the role that I associate with Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. He embodied it so perfectly, and you never knew if he was lying to you, which is actually very apt for it. But like, for a man who has everything, he was miserable. Like he literally built this empire out of candy and sugar and had didn't have to do a thing except just make sure it doesn't all fall apart. But he hated it. And you can tell, and that's why he made that whole contest, right? To choose his heir, to choose his next of kin. Because you can tell, like, just by reading the subtext, that and reading Gene Wilder's like expressions and stuff like that too, like he didn't have a life outside of the factory. He literally worked until he was like, you know what? I'm not the most healthy anymore. Mm-hmm. I gotta, gotta give it to someone. Who am I gonna give it to? And he made sure yeah, he was, didn't want to do a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was his life's work, and yeah, and 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 that's and that's why when I was a kid, I was just like, wait, what is this? Like, he has a candy full of factory, but he's not happy. It was interesting. The kids were happy, and he was just like, yes, this is all interesting, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? It was so cool. You know, and it was it was it was such a strange movie for for the time. You think for like a kids movie, there'd be like an obvious like an obvious uh, message as it goes along, and you're kind of mm-hmm. sitting there figuring it out all the vibrant colors. Like his his mm-hmm. acting was like he was like Will, this guy Willy Wonka. I didn't know his name for the longest time when I was younger. And whenever I would see him in different stuff, you know, like when you watch other things like Blazing Saddles, I was like, oh, there's Willy Wonka. And my parents <laughs> were like, no, that's his name is Gene Wilder. Like this is a different guy. And you're like, no, it's really Wonka, my sort of guy. I saw him in a movie. Yeah, I was like, why is he? Why is he here? Like, what? Where's his hat? Like, what is he? What is he doing? Where's his Wonka hat? Where's it's funny hat? how you say like Willy Wonka was like a an interesting movie for the time. If you watch it now, it's still kind of like oh, yeah. fucked up and weird. Oh, you yeah. know? If you watch up. it now, yeah, it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, it just had like that old that old school charm, but like things about it are 
fucked up. Like the Oompa Loompas, for instance. You know what I mean? I like those Oompa Loompas way better than the Oompa Loompas that were in like fucking like the um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Tim Burton's like take on it. Like yeah, Tim Burton's take was exist. weak. Yeah, that movie yeah. doesn't exist to me. It's not yeah. real. Like, for instance, like, that movie is the reason why one of these days, either it's with you guys or someone else, I want to dress up me and my buddies as a bunch of Oompa Loompas and just go to a bar and just chill out. I'm know? not doing that. <laughs> like, not even just, like, for any reason, just Oompa Loompas just, like, having a drink. So you guys all right? Rough day at the office, you know? Mm-hmm. But my first introduction to Gene Wilder was actually a Richard Pryor movie. Mm-hmm. Um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. And oh. in the movie, Gene Wilder is deaf. And Richard Pryor is blind. And if I remember correctly, like they get framed for like a crime and they have to help each other out basically to get out of it. But again, one's deaf and one's blind. So it's like it's just hijinks between the two of them just getting into shit, you know? Yeah. So like it's funny because after Gene Wilder had passed, I was like, oh, yeah, like I had a bunch of his movies on my Netflix queue. So I went to go back in and dive in and they're all gone. Like, there's not a single Gene Wilder movie Whoa. that I found on Netflix. And yeah, I, I got to admit, that was balls. I did the same thing, and I'm like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah, I what was do you think that like, means? I was like, oh, yeah, like, see no evil, hear no evil. That was on my queue. It's gone. That's, that's not, I thought, where this, uh, where you were going with it. That's all. That's all. <laughs> it's a gas movie, and they're all mysteriously good. They're all dead. They're all they're gone. gone. But, um, uh, Dave, that movie we're talking about, like, I, I love the, the scene where they're like, uh, <laughs> They're interacting in the store, and uh, he's like, "Are you deaf? Yes. Are you blind? <laughs> yes." <laughs> like the the, the stick. Uh, and Gene Wilder was talking about in an interview how he and Pryor just had this really good relationship, and oh, yeah. stuff just worked. You know, like they just were able to vibe off of each other. And and he said, you know, he never met someone who was so professionally creative. You know, um, and he he was saying in certain scenes in certain movies, he was like, he would ask Richard Pryor, "Did you did you know you were going to do that?" And he's like, "No." Uh, okay, do you know what you're gonna do that? Because they would vibe off each other and just could go off. So some of the stuff you see that's really funny is just ad libbed, and it, that's that's the genius of Gene Wilder and, and Richard Pryor. And what's amazing about it is like they were only in I think about at the most three movies together at the most, but for like the longest time people saw them as like the dynamic duo because yeah. of those three movies. So it's like so good. Well, that's whenever like, you thought of after that, that's three movies. That? That's over. Like you know that was in a time too where they weren't we weren't making movies every other week. Yeah, true. You know, so That's so true, they yeah. were probably like buddying up on movies for quite some time. Like, think about Lethal Weapon, right? There's only four yeah. of those movies, and yet, like a lot of people just kind of associate like that Mel Gibson, um, <laughs> you know, Danny Glover kind of vibe. I always, I always almost want to call him Donald Glover because I say that name more often than Danny yeah. Glover. <laughs> So I have I to this, like. I did this. I, I call Donald Glover Danny. Like, damn it! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> is, is it isn't one of his uh, his tags on social media like not not Danny Glover or something like that or like there's something he did where he yeah. put like not done it but it's like it's like he's using it as like a marketing thing. I was like that's so that's, that's so good or like not uh, uh, Danny Glover's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. that was, I was it. like oh yeah, that's yeah. clever. Yeah. Have you guys um, ever seen the movie um, Maverick with Mel Gibson? In, in the movie, there's a scene where it's a, it's a Western, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene where Mel Gibson's character, Maverick, he's at a bank. And the bank gets held up by a bunch of bandits. The lead bandit is Danny Glover. Right. Mm-hmm. So they go in and, the ban- and Danny Glover looks at Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson has his hands up and Mel Gibson looks at Danny Glover and looking at each other. And, Mel G- and Danny Glover looks at him really closely, takes the bandana off, looks at him and just goes, no, no, no. He just puts the bandana back on, runs away, stops. 
looks at Mel Gibson again. Mel Gibson looks at him, and they're just like, like they're trying to like they recognize each other, and they're just like, no, no, and they just get go their separate ways. Basically. <laughs> Speaking of banks being held up as well, Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah. my God! Yes. Yeah, I rewatched God. that one last night. Nice. That's great. The, well, the, the and, best punch in the history of cinema, right there. <laughs> he knocked out when the Mondo horse. punches that fucking horse. Tagman for Mondo. <laughs> you can't. He's just like you can't park your horse there. That's illegal. And he doesn't punch the guy. He punches the horse that the guy and is on. <laughs> just it's great. What makes that movie great also is like again like Gene Wilder's like just like deadpan delivery on like half the jokes that are in there. Oh yeah. Like when like Mongo first shows up to the town. And the sheriff's like putting on his his gun. He's like, "Oh, I'm take care of this guy." And he's like, "No, no, no! Don't do that! Don't do that! That'll just make him mad." And just goes back to what he's doing. The sheriff's just like, "What the shit?" You know, just like those little like deliveries are just like, "See this hand? Oh, it's stiff as a board." Yeah, but this is my shooting hand. You know, like yeah. those little tiny like deliveries and jokes just make that movie like what it is. And again, it's just because he worked so well with like. Everybody on stage. Now, granted, he wasn't the main character, but it's one of those movies he's remembered for. Sure, dude, I, I love those old school like Hollywood like like folksy moments. It's like classic Hollywood that yeah. that those, those kind of lines and stuff doesn't exist anymore. They kind of they try to do it as tropes, but you're like up oh, harkening back to old school Hollywood. But the the punchlines and deliveries in in some of those uh, lines and in the script of the movie is so good. Yeah. And I love how like movies afterwards just reference this movie so often, so oh so often. Oh you're like up oh, Blazing Saddles reference. Um, did you guys know that it's supposed to be Richard Pryor yep. as the sheriff? Yeah. That would have been a fourth. Yeah. yeah. That would have been. So, yeah. See, there is a little. People are right to associate the two together more often than not. Excuse um, me while I whip this out. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he holds himself up for a hostage. Everyone's pointing a gun at him. So he's just like, don't shoot. <laughs> and he goes, I'll kill him dead. And like, don't do it. Don't you kill me. <laughs> it's so crazy. Because it's just like you're watching it, you're just like white people. They fall for well, everything. Somebody help, well, somebody help that man. Shh, that's a surefire way of getting him killed. Help me, help me, help me. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, I was reading up on it a little bit too after I was watching it, and apparently, um, what's his name? <laughs> what the hell's his name? I can't think of his name. The director. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. I was going to say Mel some. I don't know what I was going to say. Mel Brooks was actually pretty apprehensive with the amount of N-bombs that they drop in there. But it was yeah. actually Richard Pryor was like, nah, more, 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 more. <laughs> I thought I like, I that. think Richard Pryor helped him write it, I think, possibly also. I don't remember like the... I, I think, behind, he, did, I think he, had, he did have a hand in it. I can't remember yeah. what, but I want to say it was it was a creative role, but like like uh, in, you know, behind the scenes. It could have yeah. been script writing. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was great. It was classic going back and watching it. Like Mel Brooks just kills it as always, like in any role of that course. he puts himself in. I think he just writes himself the best roles to have Yeah, because the governor was awesome. Um, Gene Wilder, there's a point in it too, where I started reading with way too much into it. I was like, what if Gene Wilder isn't really there? Because there's a good part of the movie where Gene Wilder only interacts with the sheriff. Huh. Like it's a good three huh. quarters of the movie. And then the only other character he really interacts with up to that point is Mondo. Yeah. And then after Mondo, then you see him start to like, you know, he saves the day. He does the final shot that blows things up. and does, But like there's a good chunk where he's just in that jail cell and he doesn't leave or in that jailhouse. Mongo, just simple pun in Game of Life. Right. <laughs> or when he goes to the um, 
they do go to watch that like German woman like perform the singing, which was that was fucking hilarious too. Um, but yeah, like that's the only time you ever see Gene Wilder is he's only interacting with the sheriff. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, I wonder why that is. And then just when I start to question it, he's like, just kidding. He talks to <laughs> everyone now. Um, but yeah, his delivery in that movie was great because he is like, he's not like you first look at him, that traditional badass Wild West character that you yeah. would think, right? Right. But then, like, he starts to talk and you start to see. And, like, was it that chess piece where he's like, all right, now grab it. And then, like, he blatantly grabs it before. And then Gene Wilder's like, is this? And he's like, oh, my God, how did you do that? He, <laughs> you just start to believe more and more and more and more as he gets deeper into the character. And it's that kind of stuff that you just don't really see too much. You know, like, you don't see a lot of actors get lost in their characters anymore. What do you mean, Jared Leto did? He said Margot Robbie a rat. You stop it. What do you you mean? stop he, it. He said no. So, someone else the thing and no. he's crazy. He did no. it. Blah. Stop it. You stop it. I would say the only actor, modern actor that gets close to that is Kevin Spacey in House of Cards, but even then at some points I'm like, yeah, that's Kevin Spacey. But he does do a very good job. Like he I does know. do a good yeah. Frank Underwood. Yeah. There, there was a there was an award show that happened in, uh, I forget which one, but Conan was up on stage. He started doing the monologue, and then it cut to Kevin Spacey. He turns around, looks at the camera. He's just like, look at them up there. Just arguing with each <laughs> other. It was, like, yeah, it was like Conan and uh, and uh, the guy I hate, Jimmy Fallon, because he's not funny. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> he's really not, isn't. Ordinary muggles love Jimmy Fallon, but he's well, not he's, funny. He's the, not The show funny. around him is amazing. Yeah. He has good production people. Yeah. He has a roots. He has good segments and stuff, but that's everyone behind the scenes. So sure, um, maybe he writes stuff. Maybe. Sure. But him performing and him being on the show, like it's just... Bah, well, that's I, the thing. Like he does, perf- like you said, he performs funny shit. He doesn't say he himself is not funny. Yeah. Conan does funny fucking Amazing. shit. You know, love Conan. But like, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. But go on, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> we can have like a whole like thing on that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so like, like Kevin Spacey puts himself in into the role just like uh, Gene Wilder does, and I love he just turned around, he started doing his uh, <laughs> his his monologue, and like, and he just went into the Frank Underwood, and like for a second I was just like, whoa, Frank Underwood's here, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it was good, but yeah, Gene Wilder, he he's like a chameleon, man. Every role yeah. that he's in, he's just he's that character, and he's so funny. I mean, th- th- there are some like isms that you know that are you know there with every actor, but. I, but I would say he he fully involves himself in like which is why when you watch him in any role you're just like damn dude like this guy was so good so freaking good and super intelligent too like hell that yeah dude is smart or was smart as fuck like I was listening I don't know, I know Serge you're listening to some podcast with him in it too but like I was listening to this interview that was done by the BBC. And it was just like he talked about how he would never do like television again because they just dicked him around. And he was like, fine, yes, fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, he was, they asked him, I think it was his top five or top 10 favorite songs of all time. And I guess this is what I equate to being smart as fuck. But like, he was just like, oh yeah, like Beethoven, blah, 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 in C of minor. And I'm just like, Dude, that's smart. Cause I'd be like the Beach Boys and think that's classic. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like the Imperial March in the D minor, I guess. Um, but he was literally like, without like breaking a beat. He's like, "This is what I love to do when I want to feel good. This is what I want to do when I'm like feeling a little emotional and I just want to kind of indulge in it." And he was just very calm and collected, and like 
I don't know, just like professional all around. And and he was so professional with that that uh, you know directors like Mel Brooks and whoever was was a part of the production would just listen to his ideas and just run with it. Like uh, in Young Frankenstein, uh, the scene where he does the um, putting on the Ritz with the Frankenstein, like that that was his idea. And at first, uh, Mel Brooks was like really like did kind of didn't want to do it, but he was like no 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 it'll be great it'll be great. And uh, you know he Gene Wilder wrote the scene and he's you know he put the bit together and it was great. It's in the movie and it's such a great scene. And who doesn't like putting on the Ritz? And and that also goes to show, like, but back to what you were saying, you know, how smart he is. I mean, that's such a classy ass song, put it on the Ritz. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, and him just uh, he coordinated the production, and and so that scene is his. And you know, there's just a couple in many different movies, but I just thought that was a really good moment. And uh, yeah, I was listening to a podcast of uh, him talking about it years later, and how apprehensive uh, you know it, it, they were about putting that in the movie and how it would fit and how it would work. But it's 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 one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like, oh, yeah. I, I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, that's great. And I guess for a lot of his career, too, his um, mother was not well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what he did, and he attributes a lot of his, like, skill and success to, like, just trying to make his mother laugh while she was, like, sick in bed and couldn't do anything. Which is kind of interesting because it gives you a little bit more appreciation for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And how Charlie, like, just all of his, like, you know, he had all those, like, older relatives that were just bedridden in Grandpa Joe. So it kind of gives that extra like personability to Gene Wilder. And like if you kind of like go back and you kind of look at like the grand how he treats the grandfather, it's like a little kinder than he treats everyone else. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting stuff like it's that. It's his relationship. With yeah. His, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, but when you think back to like Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory, there's like one line in particular a lot of people use the quote for a lot of things, but they don't realize it's from that movie. Like, you lose, you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. Yeah. I see people use it at work a lot. We've used it a lot whenever we're like, just like fucking around, you know? And it's it's just so like, good. It's such a good line to use, and it just says so much, but it's from w- Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And it's like, I know a lot of people who also use it, even though who've never seen Willy Wonka, just because it's been like a meme somewhere and they kind of like the idea of it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of cool that like that's his w- other way of living on, just like that one particular line. That in the boat scene, yeah. Oh man, yeah that 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 trip that that acid trip boat scene yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like he he was saying, uh, um, uh, Gene Wilder was saying that uh, you know for for the longest time, even when he wasn't acting, and 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 he he quickly he said he stopped acting and stopped being in into Hollywood because he didn't care for how how things are modernly, you know, like he didn't care for that. Uh, there's a lot of cursing in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And he was saying, you know, it's good for a punchline, but he's like not throughout the entire picture or the entire show, and he he felt like really put off by that and he felt put off that there's a lot of big explosions and things and blah and stuff in in a lot of TV shows and movies and he's like you know and even in some places where you wouldn't figure and he was saying like uh you know and and, and that's why but um i i really really do like how he got himself uh, to a position where everyone in the world just knew who he was and everybody loved him. And he was saying how he gets letters, like these fan, this fan mail from different generations of people. And he thought it was the craziest thing. You know, people who grew up with his movies and then knew, and then knew kids now. He was just like, uh, you know, there are mothers who don't let their kids watch well, Willy Wonka until they're like four or five or something. Because, you know, like there's like the, the you know, that tunnel scene that's mm-hmm. kind of trippy and certain things that might scare the kid. But, but he always says that, you know, like kids aren't really scared by that kind of stuff. It's the adults that are 
scared for the kid. You know, some kids really just take it. Some, some were. I know I got a friend who was scared of the, uh, <laughs> the I was like, really? I wasn't scared about it. It wasn't real. And she was just like, no, it was like really fucking trippy, you know? And yeah. like, and like there was like, uh, wasn't there like, like a, like a spider or a bug? There was some kind of thing that, like, yeah, jumped out of yeah, point. yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that really frightened her. And then, uh, uh, Slugworth, like he, like he, he, he showed up too. And that, and that made her I jump. Fucking Slugworth though. Yeah. This person was also afraid of, uh, Jafar and Aladdin. You know who you are. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just calling just, them out. Wow. I mean, you know who you are. And wow. <laughs> Didn't Marilyn Manson at one point cover that song on an album? The boat song? Did he? He did. Yeah, he just had I that feel one like he thing. Did. Yeah. yeah. He re- awesome. I remember hearing it like my buddy had like ugh, my buddy had a cassette tape of it. Um of where he does that song. It's like in the typical like Marilyn Manson style. He's like screaming right. and the bars keep on rolling and it's just playing like <laughs> that creepy shit in the background that Marilyn Manson does and it just stops with him going, "Stop the boat." And his creepy Marilyn Manson way. He definitely look it up if whoever's listening. Like it's definitely, it's definitely cool and really really creepy in the Marilyn Manson style. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like that. Even even though he he got older and stuff, like he was still getting fan mail and he was still like like just so humbled by everything. And even 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 towards the end, um, he he passed away from Alzheimer's, um, Alzheimer's. Uh, and but um, his his family said that he always had his brain. Like he never lost his mind, which is very fortunate with with that disease. Right. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that shows his resolve or something or his his will to uh, or, or his intelligence. But like he he never lost his his intellect or his, like lost his acting mind. ability even. Exactly. It was just, you know, and, you know, thank God for that, because unfortunately, in some cases, people do, you know, lose yeah. uh, perception of everything, you know, or people and places like where they are. But he, he was always he always had his wits about him. And I thought it was cool that he was just receiving this mail and this love. And he thought it was just so cool that like new generations of kids were just loving his 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 work. And sometimes it's really wonky. Sometimes it was Blazing Saddles. He was, he was yep. surprised. But, you know, he was just always loved. And even at his old age, he's just like, it's it's crazy. Like my body of work still rings through today. And he's just like I still get a lot of mail and people who recognize me are just like oh my god it's you and I thought that was really cool so like even even throughout you know like his his later life you know people still loved him and showed him that he was appreciated you know he did live like he was a Connecticut I know a lot of friends from Connecticut who did meet Gene Wilder because he did live in like Westport for like quite a bit and um everyone told me that he was a very nice and polite guy like Always, like, very respectful, always nice, always polite. Like, he did try to keep to himself because, you know, he didn't want to be, like, hounded when he was, like, at Banana Republic or Stop sure. and Shop. But yeah. he was a good guy. And almost not almost everyone I know, but a lot of people, friends of mine that I work in retail with, have a Gene Wilder story because they've actually met the guy. Wow, you know? nice. Yeah. Like, my boss met him um, when he was, like, working at his old job. And he said, like, he saw him from the back and he knew exactly who he was, you know? That's weird. So he... <laughs> what? Well, because, you know, we, you know when you know an actor well enough, or you know someone well enough, you just see a part of them, you know who it is. You know, like one of our favorite cosplayers, um, JC Fett, you know, like I know who it is when he's wearing his Boba Fett costume because he yeah. wants that swagger. You know yeah, it's him. Yeah, yeah, you know it's him, true. So same thing with this. Like he saw him, he's like, oh my God, that's Gene Wilder. How do I approach this guy without looking like an asshole, you know? So he goes up to him and he basically like talked to him and was really friendly. He's like, hey, can I help you find this, find that? And he goes, you're Gene Wilder, right? And he's like, Yes, I am. And they had like a good conversation. He let him go. And like, he was like a really like polite guy. It wasn't like he was like, oh, yeah, I'm Gene Wilder, but you know, I got to go by and takes off. No, he just. Gene Wilder, get away from me. He was like, you know, there, talked for a bit, and then, you know, did what he had to do and just went home. Like, he was, everyone mm. that I know that's ever met him said he was a nice guy. 
You got to wonder, yeah. even like any celebrity though, like someone comes up and you're at a retail store, you're like, oh, can I help you find this? Can I find that? And you have to wonder if they're just going like, all right, when do they say the thing? Yeah, like, like hey, when is it coming? Gene Wilder. Yes. I am he, that is. Yeah. Aren't you that Willy Wonka guy? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, and they're just like waiting for that moment. But it's like, that's like really cool that he's just like, he was a chill dude and he didn't yeah. let it go to his head or anything. Like, Cause he's like an icon. Yeah. He is a part of, I want to say, bold statement, 90% of America's childhood. Yeah. Oh, from, from Willy Wonka alone. So, and then, you know, people, you know, we grow up and then we end up watching like Blazing Saddles or any of the other movies. He was in Young Frankenstein, stuff like that. Or even, I wasn't, was he in Dr. Strangelove? I don't remember. He I don't remember. If he, if he wasn't, he should have been. It's been a while since I've I seen that movie so. too. But anyways, so it's like, you know, you get into these genre of filmmaking, which is like almost, it's pure satire. It's not just like SNL satire, which is like, yeah, we're going to make fun of Sarah Palin for a little bit. And it's just because she has an accent, not from her anything else. And it's like, they went into, even on Blazing Saddles, they went, got into like a lot of political stuff. Like they, yeah. it was crazy. And rewatching, like I hadn't watched it and maybe 10 years maybe and i'm like wow like i don't remember any of this it might have actually been 15 <laughs> years but i'm just like i don't remember any of this stuff like what the hell and it's, it's crazy when you watch it now and you get this stuff yeah. you're like whoa yeah <laughs> yeah whoa that's 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 a little racy well, over there that's the other thing about like some of those old school comedies again it just comes from that school gene wilder comes from is that Nowadays, like Four Year Old Virgin or whatever, like other comedies like that, they, everything's up front with it. You know, yeah. like what's funny. Those movies, they were really like, there's a lot of little tiny things you miss that you catch again because they're just little like, tiny details, little things they say or like under their breath. Like, um, one instance, like the sheriff meets his friends and they say something like, We thought you was hung. And he goes, You was right. Like, mm-hmm. one of those things, it's just, <laughs> it's just quick. You know, they're not in your face with it, but it's just like, happens and yeah. that's what makes a lot of these old comedies great and that's a school like he comes from just it wasn't in your face with the comedy it was just like right under the radar and if you missed it or if you weren't paying attention you just missed the joke until you right. saw it again you and know? they and they bugs bunny it too in that with the yeah. sheriff in the the box of dynamite candy gram from mr <laughs> mondo <laughs> and I'm he's just like i was at first i was like what the hell's going on he's gonna poison him what's going on and then he like all covers his ears i was like oh i know what's about to happen I know it's about to go down. And then it does. And you're like, yeah, classic, classic gag. Love it. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of understated stuff. And if it's in your face, it's just like a good kind of like, it's like, yeah, that's that's from cartoons. I know what that's from. That's great. Versus like the punching of the horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, What's more cartoony so than that? What is more cartoony than that? And it's like, it's one of those things. And it, you just know it's coming. But you're gonna laugh anyway when you see yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Something I want to I want to talk about too before because we're getting pretty close to that time. The um, pure imagination scene in Willy Wonka. I watched that last night maybe 15 times, and it's just like you that if that shines Gene Wilder's acting ability more than I think any thing else he's done in my opinion i agree because you watch this guy sing and you think of the song it's like yeah 
pure imagination. Like you're having good times. Kids are eating the candy. They're doing this. They're doing that. But if you look at his the way he moves on the stairs, it's to the beat of the song, and he kind of takes a step down and two steps I up. Love, I love that part. It, I, it's I, just it's style. It's swagger. It's great. But as soon as he hits the the factory floor, everything really starts to change. He becomes a little more somber. The way it's shot too, you have this bright colored candy like floor and the chocolate river and all the stuff. But the way it's shot, they show a lot of the factory walls, which is gray and dingy and old. And at the end of it, before he takes the flower to drink out of it, he just kind of pauses in reflection. And you see this contrast between the candy background and the far background with the factory. And he's just, he's sad. He's just like, this is not how I envision myself at this age. And he goes to sit down and take the drink out of the daffodil cup. And he does. And he's still kind of like reflective on everything. And then he eats the fucking, he eats the goddamn cup. Dude, I, I love that as a kid. I was like, what? That's you can't funny. eat that cup. You can't eat cups. And you, and you start taking chunks <laughs> out of all your cups. And, and like, even in the song alone, I mean, like he's in this like fantastical factory full of uh, all these, you know, confections and stuff. But the yeah. song itself, like, is not, it's very somber. It's not really happy. It's not, it doesn't reflect the environment that he's in. Yeah. And even his expression is a bit listless and, and sullen. And you're like, wow. And there's, there's, there's a, like, like a, a, a huge just a majesty to it i want to see it. i know i'm talking it up but like it's it's one of our favorite scenes as a kid oh, especially classic. like him him like going down the stairs like yeah. when i when i was little my, my my little sister used to follow me a lot so i, I mean we lived in a two-story <laughs> house we lived in a two-story house so i used to like walk up and down the stairs and do what wonky did and just like put my hand out and like not let her go by and it was the funniest thing but uh yeah there's uh you know i, I like that uh, that 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 deconstruction of the scene greg it really paints a good picture of yeah the, man that's uh you know. it's kind of deep there that's what i, I mean i mean if, if you think of like how many actors i could actually portray that today i mean like who who do you think i mean who, who would you put in that role to to you know like give us that that performance i mean it's so it's sad and it's sombering but it's but it's it also is happy at the same time. It's it's a, it's an interesting performance. I mean, I I, I don't can't think of something somebody right now who could actually pull that off. Johnny Will Smith, yeah, I did it. Johnny Depp, God damn it. No, nope, Will Smith. <laughs> I say Johnny. You know, Depp. it's and it could be because <laughs> I saw Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory when we, like we all saw it when we were kids, obviously. But it could be because I saw it when I was younger or whatever. But whenever I watched that movie, and that's what I thought of like first thing like last night a little bit. Yeah. I immediately want to eat a chocolate bar. You know, I right. instantly want to go to the store and get like a Hershey's. When I watched the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, I don't think of that at all. Oh, God. You know, the movie. No, just I wanted to get exist. a brainwash to make myself forget all about Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. But you know yeah. what I mean, though? It's like that movie makes me want to eat candy. Yeah. But the new one doesn't. Even though like things look more like candy in the new movie, you know, and like the chocolate water and like in um, Willy Wonka kind of look like dirty water a little bit. Watching that makes you want to go get candy and eat chocolate. Even now thinking about it, it's like, man... I can go to the gas station, get a nice Hershey's bar, and have my have a good night. You know? Yeah, it, it it has it had does have that that majesty to it, the original mm-hmm. one because the one with, the one with Johnny Depp like it it, oh it, it tries hard, it, it tries, tries really hard. hard, you know, like 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 to Tim Burton's like oh here's my aesthetic you all love from Hot Topic, let's go, <laughs> and then uh, you know like you have Johnny Depp who's uh, who's hamming it up and like trying to be eccentric, he's a tryhard, yeah. but you know you have uh, Gene Wilder who like. It's 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 the role. It's like you believe that this is how he is. This is how right. Willy Wonka just is. 
But in the new one, Johnny Depp, it's like he's trying to make you think, oh, I'm crazy. And he's like, has his weird accent and like the, the look and everything. And I was just like, this is too much. Hollywood needs to stop. Bring glasses of Ghostbusters and stuff and this. Is, uh, just don't do it. Please don't touch Back to the Future. Even though the, the, the creator was like, over my dead body. Literally said, over my dead body. So <laughs> I wonder if that means they were trying to do it and approached him. And he was just like, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, get that means out. We have to keep- that means no matter what, we have to keep him alive. If we have to swap yeah, organs with the motherfucker, that, he must man. stay alive. It's crazy. He said over my, like they can do it when I'm dead over my dead body. And I was like, why did he why did he say that? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Terrible. Terrible. Um, did you guys see that they renamed the the Ghostbuster reboot Blu-ray? It's called Ghostbusters. Uh, Answer the call. Yeah. Well, isn't that what it's supposed to be called in the, in the theater? It's not just playing Ghostbusters. what it is. Yeah, Terrible. it's like it's 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 their cop out for saying it's not really the the Ghostbusters <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it's stupid. But anyways, yeah, like it like Tim Burton, Johnny Depp collaborations are you I'm usually all about. They're usually interesting enough to watch. Like I, I did. Burton. I'm not like an opera kind of guy or a musical kind of guy, but I did enjoy uh, Sweeney Todd. Sweet Todd was, was, was actually that actually Sweeney that Tom hit Netflix today too. By I the way. really wanted <gasps> meat pies. I got I really it did. Yeah, I got an email. Oh. They're like, "Hey, Greg, there's a movie you would like," and I was like, "I'll be the judge of that," because it's always <laughs> just like, "Nope." And then they're like, "Oh, Sweeney Todd, 2007." I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> okay, dude. I, I I love like the nice like the, the pastry like yeah. meat pies. The outside mm-hmm. is like a, like a crusty, crumbly pastry, and the inside is like this nice like like savory meat like like ground beef yeah. and stuff. Is so the good. human part is the yeah. most tasty looking of them delicious. Yeah, like he, they did a really good job. Like Corpse Bride is a cool one. Corpse Bride was cool. They have, was, yeah, like whenever like uh, Tim Burton's making movies, like get me Johnny Depp and Helen Bottom Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's married Let's, to Helen Bottom Carter. He I'm is. I think. Sure. So. Yeah, he is? Tim Burton. Yeah. Tim, Burry, Tim Burton's married to her, and like during an interview, Johnny Depp even said, and he goes, "I've killed Helen Bottom Carter." I think in four movies I did for Tim Burton. I'm not sure what he's trying to say. He's he's either he's either <laughs> had like Johnny Depp kill her or fuck her. Which yeah. is I don't know which is more disturbing. Or the combination. <laughs> it's like an eyes wide shut thing. But it's weird. Get Johnny Depp and my wife. We're doing a movie. It's like, all right. Yeah, because there's what? There's another uh, Alice coming out, which I don't know who asked for that. <sighs> Apparently right. the first one did really good. The Tim Burton Alice. I, mean, I had no I, idea. I went to see it in theaters. A lot of people went to go see it. It doesn't really? mean it's oh, wow. good. A lot yeah. of people went to go see it, which yeah. translate into money, which translates into money, I guess. Money. Yeah. Well, according to Hollywood standards, lots of like lots of money means let's keep back. Yeah. I mean, I think Tim Burton should stick to stop motion animation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's absolutely like Frank Cowini was really good, too, in my opinion. So. That or he needs to go on like vacation somewhere and just like put himself in a hole and think of like new and interesting I- ideas. I mean, yeah. like the Alice thing was our whatever. Did you ever just hear like about like the um, fan idea about like ho- like some of like his like stop motion animation stuff? I was literally just gonna say this. Yeah. Yes, like I've the heard kid of this. in the kid in Frankenweenie is basically Jack Skeleton like in the afterlife. Yep. So the so the theory the theory is that the kid from Frankenweenie, the guy from Corpse Bride, and Jack Skellington are all the same character. At different stages of his life or after. Oh, wow. And if you look at it, like the kid from Frank and Weenie looks a lot like the guy from Corpse Bride. Yeah. yeah. And then they all have, a, they both have a similar frame to Jack Skellington. Very wiry, very skinny, stuff like that. 
And like in Corpse Bride, he like met his dog like in the afterlife when he went to go like to the afterlife and get dog was a skeleton. Yep, Frankenweenie. Like Jack Skel. Yeah. Yep, and then Jack Skeleton has zero. You know, so it's like it's it's a pretty interesting fan theory. Knowing Tim Burton, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, also Frankenweenie is a remake of one of his own films. That was I really believe, yes. Um, I remember in back in our our college years, good old Big Perm uh, showed me that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Big Perm. What's going on, Big Perm? I'm still looking for that time machine. You've had 10, how long have you been out of college? Too many years. Where's it at? Um, Anyways, so it was starring Daniel Stern as the father. And Mm. it was just literally, it was the movie. It was short. There was like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. It wasn't a full length movie. But it it was a remake that he did stop motion wise. Because I think that's how he originally envisioned it. But didn't have the budget to do so at that Mm. point when he first made it. So that was pretty cool. Um, anyways, we're probably getting close to be about that time, right? Just about an hour into the podcast where I get to ask these fine gentlemen my infamous secret question. Secret question. I haven't unpacked that chest yet. I can't use it. It's not a thing. thing. Anyways. It's a thing. Anyways. um, So today we got to really reminisce about Gene Wilder and talk about our favorite movie that he was in. We got to really kind of dive into his personality, how cool of a guy he was, his intellect. You know, we we just, we didn't, I feel like we just scratched the surface of Gene Wilder really tonight Um, because he can't do him justice in an hour and some change, right? So what I want to ask you guys is this. You have a time machine. You can go back and pluck Gene Wilder out of any point in his career and bring him back to modern day. What character do you want him to play and why? Hmm. Not a character that he has already played. Ooh. Hmm. Can I go first? Yeah, I've oh because of Willy Wonka, I've always thought Gene Wilder would be this character the best, the Mad Hatter from Batman. Ooh, interesting. I've huh. always seen him as the Mad. Whenever I picture the Mad Hatter, even when it was like the animated series, I saw Gene Wilder as the Mad Hatter. That's interesting because I was gonna say I see him as the Riddler. Ooh. Yeah, so, yeah okay. the Wonka thing that'll be better. Two, yeah. two Batman villains, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could always, I can see him as a really good like Mad Hatter though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like this might be an easy question because he has such range. Like he commits yeah. to such like roles so well. Oh yeah. That you could literally be like, I want to see him in the Donald Trump biopic as Donald <laughs> Trump, and he would oh, be able God. to pull it off. <laughs> Oh God, Rip! What? I don't uh, want to see that. By the way, no one wants to see that. But unless it's like one of those um, Larry Flynn versus the People kind of thing, where it's just like right it now. just makes fun of him the whole time, then I'd be I'd be chill with that. Um, but Serge, what about you? Oh man, this is really tough. Uh, I want I want to see him as uh, some kind of like superhero or something. So something with 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 the Green Lanterns, maybe. Ooh, with Green Lanterns, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I want him to do, do something with that because I think I think uh, you know, like later on in his life, he could play like a really like serious roles, but there's something where he has like his power, 
you know, mm-hmm. like being shown his acting chops, if you will. So I'm trying to think of like a serious role or like a like a drama or something. I don't know. Like he he would be um, an interesting addition to Game of Thrones, even though everyone has accents. Uh, I think I think he, he can pull it off. He can be some kind of like um, you know some kind of king in some land where uh, you know like like Khaleesi has to go and ask for his permission to. <laughs> You know, like uh, use his troops or use his resources, mm. and he would just act and be like, "Why, why are you worthy of me?" And you know, it'd be like a cool dynamic role. Um, and especially in Game of Thrones, we could see him a lot more. But yeah. I definitely, I wanted to be some kind of superhero. I'm just, I'm not. I'd sure love what. to see him as like a trickster god of some kind. Ah, that'd be like cool. I think that'd be real. Not like Loki necessarily, but just no, no, like, no, 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 you no. know, just like maybe a version of Loki or something like that, where he just like pops in and just fucks with people. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. What about you, Greg? Um, I mean, like the Riddler, it would be really, really cool. Um, I would say if we're going for like, I, I would want to see him in more dark comedies, if anything. Ooh, yeah. Because I feel like that's one of my like favorite genres, like Death to Spoochie, for example. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so ridiculous. Um. And it, it's really like underutilized, especially now. So I'd love to see him kind of star as like maybe even similar like vibe to like John Claude Van Johnson, where he's just like he's himself and he's washed up. And he's like, what has <laughs> happened? Where's my life gone? You know, um, I mean, really anything like I'd love to see him back in his prime, like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory days, just that style and the swagger just just really owning the scenes dude i would love to see him in his prime like in in scrubs like in the show scrubs i think that would have been amazing amazing. he is like Like, dr cox's like mentor back in the day (laughs) he and bob kelso like like go go at it like all the time (laughs) that would be perfect and and like like uh, he's he's the only guy that a Doctor Cox can't get with his wit, you know. Like 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 uh, Gene Wilder's character would always come back at Doctor Cox with something. <laughs> Cox is like, "Damn it, it's like, too good," you know. And like he's never stick, angry. Think, God damn it. Yeah, like his shtick would work work out so well, you know. And he can and and like in Scrubs, there's serious moments and there's really really goofy stuff. So I think his acting range would work perfectly there. Oh God, yeah. Like imagine him in his prime in Scrubs. I would love that. I'm surprised. Like I mean, it's. Such a small role, but so it would be kind of cool, like um, as like a DLC or something for what's it called? Um, Red Dead Redemption. Like he's basically the character he's from in Blazing Saddles, mm. and you have to break him out of a prison and like get him like and help him like win a gunfight or some bullshit like that. You know, that'd be cool. And you just gotta get him like liquored up or unliquored up so he can get like his like shooting hand back. Or you have to battle. Maybe he's like the last guy you have to fight in the showdown. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's like, like a really goofy showdown. <laughs> yeah. Like you go to fire at him, but he's so drunk he just falls over and the bullets miss him. That'd be great. <laughs> all right, guys. It's all the time we have for this week on the Bad Cookie Funky Podcast, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and listening on iTunes and SoundCloud for all you Android users. Make sure to catch us every week here on Twitch.tv slash Bad Cookie Funky and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We broadcast live every Thursday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we also do gaming during the week. Follow us on Twitter. 
to see when we go live. Also follow us on Facebook and uh, the Instagram. Instagrams, we're on all the social media stuff and things. Check out badcootyfunky.com for everything nerdy you actually care about. We love what we do. We do it for fun. And uh, yeah, see, see what we say. Uh, all of the cast members here, um, where, where can people find you, Greg? So people can find me over at twitch.tv slash boostergreg uh, every Saturday evening around 10, 30, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for some good old bedtime stories where we dive into a telltale or heavily story uh, genre game. And right now we're in the middle of, actually we're almost done with Back to the Future. Hey. So we'll have to figure out what to do after that. Hopefully Batman, the next episode will come out in time for that. Also mm, on no. Twitter at Booster Greg. It's pretty much, you just probably just type in Booster Greg into Google and just like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only <laughs> one out there. Pretty sure. Um, but yeah, that's totally where you can find me. And we do pop-up streams too. Pretty much whenever I have time, a couple hours to just hang out with you fine folks. So slap me a follow, you know, come on over and it'll be a good time. I promise. Yeah. What about you, Dave? So you can find me on twitch.tv slash Dave Beard Menace. Mm -hmm. I go live every Wednesday night at 1030 Eastern where I play, I do nightmares and horrors. I play a horror game each and every single week. Right now I'm in the middle or at the end of beating Doom, which is a great game, but right now at the bane of my existence because the game keeps going. It doesn't stop. But yeah. Um, you can find me also on Twitter at Menace, and you can basically see when I'll go live and when I'm streaming on there. Next Wednesday, we should be finishing Doom, God willing, if my internet doesn't explode on me again. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, for watching the Bad Kitty Funky Podcast. We'll see you guys later, or we'll see you guys another time. Or never. Or you can come with me, and you'll be... You will in a world of pure imagination <laughs> take a look and you'll see into imagination that's all that's it good day sir and a good day to you sweet all right and let us rock and roll. Oh, I got to sneeze. Oh, no, don't do it. Rock and or roll. Don't sneeze. I feel it coming. I, like, I feel it. <laughs> Why would you say no, that? I, no, I just, I just try to like, blow out my nose if something was in there. Maybe that's what I sneeze. Welcome. <laughs> I, I still feel it. This is, Look at this the light. stupid. Look at the light. Look at the light. Oh, yeah, like straight into a light. No, yeah. it, doesn't that work for like yawning? Hey, it's sneezing or yawning. One of those two. <laughs> Either way, I'm blind. Either way. All right. <laughs> Enough of this enough of this B-roll that should never be used later on. <laughs> no, it should be used. This should be the end of the post credits. Yeah, that'll you know, be the post credits. I, I, I feel like I'm gonna sneeze like right now, but it's it's fine. <laughs> this is so stupid. Alright, anyway, yeah. uh all right, so we're live, we're gonna go and in <clears throat>